Hey friends, it's Kara Kay, and this is the Asking for a Friend podcast, a show for the woman who has questions about herself, the church, and the world. We are all asking tough questions that affect us as women in the culture that surrounds us, and we are looking for a safe space to ask them. But don't worry, I know you're only asking for a friend. Hey friends, welcome to the show. So I'm going to do something a little different this week. I'm having a solo episode. Now I've been really praying through and planning for the next several months of the show and trying to figure out what is best, what you guys might want to hear. So I would love your feedback. If you like hearing these little quick solo episodes from me, let me know because I'd love to do more of them. So today I'm going to just sit and chat with you guys about what it means to be pro-life. I mean, just easy breezy conversations as always around here and asking for a friend. So if you are somebody that has been struggling with the pull of being pro-life, but really wanting to honor God in your, your voting decisions, the way you handle politics and face that, then this episode is really for you. I want to share a little bit of my background in the church and in politics and what that looks like for me and just help you have a space to kind of think through some of these questions that we are all facing, especially right now in this heavy, heavy season of politics. Yes, it is a hard season. And I think one of the biggest conversations that we're seeing right now surrounding the church and Christians is pro-life. And it's really hard to step into this space because we just want to tell people what I tell my kids. Just use that good brain that God gave you and make good choices. (laughs) So please know that I'm not here to try to change your mind, but maybe if you are on the fence that you will listen with an open mind and see why I stand for certain policies that I do, why I struggle with certain ones that I do, and just really be okay with the nuances of that. Speaking of nuances, if you're a fan of Pantsy Politics, it's a great podcast. Beth from Pantsy Politics said this, This election isn't about if you like Biden or Trump. It is about whether I want to continue to live in a democratic republic or not. Wow. So there's just a lot going on. And so many of us are like, especially in the Christian space, we're thinking, I I feel pulled because I feel like maybe leaders in my church are saying one thing. I feel like culture tells me another thing. And I feel like maybe scripture, God is trying to tell me something else. And I just want to tell you, this is not the year to write in Jesus Christ for president on your ballot. (laughs) This is where your voice really matters. And if abortion is the issue that's holding you up, like so many people, I hope that I can help today in talking you through a little bit of my process through this. So I have been reading a lot in the Old Testament lately. I've been reading through the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, and I've been very heavily invested in the Israelites and what they are up to in the wilderness. Now, even after God has rescued them from slavery and provided for their needs, they continue to complain and question him. Don't don't you understand that? I, I think all of us can relate. And so many times we get like this. We're saying, okay, God, we know you're in control. We know you have rescued us. We know that you have provided for us, but we're going to continue to complain. We're going to question you and your plan. And so I think that's something really great for us to start out considering is that knowing God has a plan for this and knowing that we are in a fallen and broken world. Often we feel like, well, 
this is a issue, uh, you know, a spiritual issue, which yes, of course it is. Uh, as Christians, we are to care for the unborn child, but we live in this broken world and not everything's going to be fixed that easily. God is coming to redeem and since the beginning, since Genesis 3, he's been working to redeem us, working to redeem our stories. So where does this come into play? And I'll just tell you a few things. If you care about the heartbeat of an unborn child, which if you're listening, you probably do, then you need to care about the child at the border. We're we're worried that we have to care about a lot of the quote unquote liberal or left policies that maybe we don't align with if we if we vote in a certain way. And the Bible tells us to care for those in need. He doesn't give us a prescription of what that looks like. That would be quite a bit easier, but that's just not how it works. And so a lot of these issues are truly interconnected. Criminal justice, immigration, and so on. There's so many things that just all work together and tie in together. And it's easy for us to fall into an echo chamber of what we've always believed, but it's really important for us to listen to other voices. And to be honest, I'm really heartbroken by the way the church often disregards vulnerable people. Maybe so many of us will stand on one issue like abortion, but then we refuse to look at the other things. And so for me personally, pro-life looks like criminal justice reform. It looks like abolishing the death penalty, supporting vulnerable mothers. And I mean, there's so much that goes into this. And you guys just listening to the foster care episodes over the last couple of weeks, you guys have heard me talk about that. We can't just care for the kids after the fact, once they've been removed from the home. We have to do the work of supporting the moms in the midst of it and caring for them and helping them before they have their children taken away. Being pro-life for me also looks like access to healthcare because how can we say no to abortion, but say yes to taking away healthcare for people in need and not allowing them to have access to birth control? Another thing, it's really having this affordable resource for birth control for women. It also looks like providing family leave and childcare options. I know that when we were going through our adoption process to adopt Kendrick, we saw a lot of moms who were placing their children up for adoption simply because they couldn't take off of work long enough to stay home with their child or they couldn't afford childcare. Just think about that. Can you imagine placing your child for adoption because the childcare options are not available for you? Or your job will not let you take the time off to go to the hospital and have your baby. That is just something that is even hard to imagine, but it's something women are facing every day in our country. Um, For me, pro-life also looks like immigration reform because we can't care for unborn babies if we're not caring for families and people at the border. It also looks like resources to help keep families safe and keep families together. I mean, this can go on and on and on. There are so many things that pro-life really looks like. I believe it is biblical, but even though scripture doesn't say anything about abortion specifically, you know what it does say? It says to care for the vulnerable. And somehow we have decided that the most vulnerable is the unborn child 
And we've kind of stepped away and ignored all the other things that I've just said. Or maybe we've like clung to one of the things, but we are forgetting the vast amount of vulnerable people. And I'm not saying that you need to really focus on each and everything. I think we just have to keep all of those things in mind. And it's okay to really press into one subject that really affects you. I think that that's good because God gives us all different passions and desires. And so when you are focused on criminal justice reform and someone over here is focused on you know, affordable resources for birth control, we are covering ground when we are pouring really, really intensely into specific causes. The facts are that you can't say, oh, I can't vote Democrat because it's unbiblical. Please know that there is nothing in the Bible about being tied to a political party. So here's just a few stats. These types of things help wrap your mind around the history behind this and what it looks like. Now, abortion was legalized with a Republican in office, and the largest death rate for unborn children was between 1985 and 1990 with Reagan and Bush in office. So the history of this topic proves really nothing based on the fact that, oh, this political party stands for this and this stands for this. It can be very challenging to legislate something like this. And I hear people talking about they're worried about the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And when you look at this track record, we have had many Democrats in office and abortions actually went down. A lot of those numbers went down during those pregnancies because they were more focused on the healthcare side of the conversation. So this goes back to what pro-life can actually look like for us. So how can we be pro-life if we only stand on the grounds of being anti-abortion? If we aren't willing to get in the trenches and have these hard conversations, if we're not willing to roll up our sleeves and get our hands dirty, are we really truly pro-life? And this is a question I ask me, I ask you. I think it's something that we really need to sit in and think about. Now, I'm not sharing this conversation to stir up an argument or upset anyone. If your mind is made up, it's made up. And I encourage you to stand on that, but always be willing to have open and honest conversations with grace and, and honoring the other person. Uh, I'm really speaking to the woman who's maybe sitting on the fence today on this topic because she feels like it is wrong to vote a certain way because she feels like as a Christian, she has, has a duty to vote that way. And I just want to encourage you to engage deeper on the conversation Go to scripture and pray about this topic before you step into a ballot box. And don't just listen to what the world says of, oh, you can only vote this way and with this political party in mind. Really ask God where he wants to use you and your voice. I have a few questions that I received from you guys that I want to answer before we wrap up today. Now, the first one I got was, can we find a middle ground on this? Do we have to be so polarized? And I, I think it's a great question because there's a lot of us that just want to find ourselves in the middle. And I don't know, maybe you're a peacemaker like me and you just, you don't want to see struggle and you don't want to see strife in things. And so what does it look like for there to be more common ground? I think that we should all agree that abortions should be extremely rare, but how do we do that? I think that a lot of this goes into education in schools and in churches and ensuring that there's enough accurate information about contraceptives and, and that they are available. 
Unfortunately, Congress has not been willing to pass a bill to really fund sex education, but they're willing to put a lot of money into failed and oftentimes harmful abstinence-only programs that we've seen in the past. If you grew up in the 90s and early 2000s, like me, in the True Love Waits era, then then you remember some of those. But these abstinence-only programs don't really work, and they just provide more guilt and less information. And so I think that that is where we need to land. And if you want to find yourself in the middle and you want to discover that common ground, we need to find a place that we can get to a point of education and actually providing safe contraceptives and making them affordable for all women. That way we are not getting ourselves into this situation. Now, the next question I received is a very hard question, and I appreciate you guys and your openness to come and ask the hard questions because that's what I'm here for after all. And I will keep this listener, I'll keep her privacy, but I wanted to share this question because I think it's so important. The question is, can I be pro-choice and still be a Christian? I think our culture screams at us, if you are a Christian, you have to be pro-life. But what does that look like? And what does that look like for women who have struggled with this and and feel this tension that, well, I have to say that I am pro-life and I cannot support women who have the right to choose. And so let's dive into that a little bit more. I think that for those of us who are believers, who maybe grew up in the church and we hear things about free will and we just have it ingrained in us a lot of times that we have the ability to make our own choices and our own decisions. And and we get to decide what happens to us, that we're responsible for ourselves and our decisions um, and that God has given us this responsibility. But then let's talk specifically about black women and poor women who are disproportionately impacted by the fact that they have no choice about some unintended pregnancy. This pregnancy might even damage their health and and cause a lot of hardship within their own families. When we were going through the adoption process with Kendrick, I know we learned about a lot of situations like this where women, you know, were kind of forced into this place of adoption. And I'm grateful that they chose life for their child. But even then, a lot of them don't get the option to choose. And before there was the legalized option of Roe v. Wade, there were so many abortions happening. These back alley abortions that a lot of women died from because they weren't safe for them. Now hear me in this. I I know you're listening and you're thinking, oh my gosh, she's pro-choice. She thinks it's okay to murder babies. That is absolutely not what I'm saying. I think we just have to come to a place that we say, this is a nuanced conversation. And even in the day and time that we are now, as opposed to when Roe v. Wade happened, we now can look at reproductive justice and what that means and how that includes family planning and contraceptives and medical care and safe environments for women and fighting for women's rights. And so for you to say that you are pro-choice doesn't necessarily mean you hate babies and you are a murderer. I think there are some definite downsides to pro-choice to that term we hear. And there's obviously the evil that happens and we do not want to see murdered babies. But I think we have to look at this conversation as more nuanced than we typically do and step into that space and hold people's 
their questions with grace and know that we come from different backgrounds. We come from different experiences and not everything is going to look the same from person to person. So I would say if you're struggling with what do I call myself? You don't have to put a title on something. You don't have to just sit in the space of accepting women where they are, listening to women and doing what you can to fight for the rights for women who don't have a voice, who don't have a choice in the matter, working to fight for them to have a choice to have a plan for their family, to have a choice to provide education to them and their children, that they have a choice for this justice for them when they have been silenced. And finally, I want to wrap up with one last question. Someone asked is, what do I say if a friend comes to me or maybe someone in your church or ministry comes to you and says, I am considering an abortion. What do I say to her? So I think that the best thing to do is approach this in a very positive, respectful way. You want to be helpful. You don't want to bring judgment on her or immediately jump to conclusions to scare her, but discuss with her what the situation is. Listen to her and her story and her heart and figure out where she's coming from. And then definitely step in and suggest alternatives. If she is, you know, really struggling because she doesn't think she can provide financially, what can you do to help? How can you step in and, and, and maybe figure out a situation that would work for her? If she is really has decided that she does not want to keep the child, figure out a path for adoption that might work good for her and be a blessing to her as well. There are so many adoptive families who really have a heart for birth mothers and want to serve them and love them really well. So I just want to make sure that that we are speaking life over women who are facing this unbearable situation that, you know, they are scared and they're unsure and they feel judgment and they feel guilt and they just feel this burden of what do I do and, and be grateful and thank her for walking with you and sharing that scary space with you because it's not always easy to go to someone and ask for help. And just the fact that she came to you and asked for advice and for experience and for encouragement speaks volumes about her and her character that she wants to do the best for her child and she's just trying to make the right decision. So I just want to encourage you to walk with grace with these women who are struggling. Now, guys, I really appreciate those of you who submitted questions and are walking in this often challenging space of this conversation about abortion, about what does pro-life mean versus what does pro-choice mean and where do I fall in this and can I find my place in this question in this conversation. So I appreciate those of you who are listening, who are leaning in and who are, are doing the work to come alongside women and help them. And you want to not just make a flat decision based on what it seems like, but you really want to step into the nuance of it and, and hold space for women. So I just want to encourage you that you are doing great work and maybe you're out there listening today and you had an abortion and you're struggling with that and you're battling some guilt from that, from your past. I'm going to link in the show notes to an episode that I did with my friend Janae 
it is such a great episode. She shares her story of this, of overcoming that and how she walks through it. And I think it's a great episode for you to listen and hear her story. Just know you are loved and cherished if you are finding yourself in that place today. I want to invite you to join me back here next week. I am going to be joined by Caitlin Scheiss, and we are going to be talking politics. We're going to go a little deeper into politics and what that looks like for us as Christians as we are getting closer and closer to this crazy election season being over. We want as Christians to walk through it with grace, with honor and integrity. And so I know that this conversation with her will be a huge blessing to you. So be sure and join me back here next week. If you have any questions or you'd like to continue this conversation, feel free to drop me an email or reach out to me on social media. I'm always happy to chat. You guys are my people and I am here for you. I'm Kara K. James, and you've just listened to the Asking for a Friend podcast. I hope that you are inspired and encouraged by these conversations to step out of the status quo and engage in conversations that matter. You can find the show notes for this episode and subscribe at karakjames.com slash podcast. I also love connecting with you on social media. I'm at karakjames on Instagram and Facebook and at karakjames on Twitter. You can also subscribe to my newsletter at karakjames.com slash newsletter. This podcast is meant to provide you with a safe space to work through the questions that you have about yourself, the church, and the world around you. Please never hesitate to reach out if you need a safe place to land. Thank you so much for listening and keep asking questions for a friend.